You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on Coinspice.io. You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on This is the uh, the Peter Ryan Report, episode two on CoinSpice, and uh, we're back with with the executive producer of Rizki Presents Blockchain, which is on uh, Amazon Prime right now, a really cool six-part documentary. Uh, he's a pundit, a uh, bit of an armchair philosopher, and uh, someone uh, that, uh, that we in the CoinSpice world really look to to kind of set our head straights here. And today, or this particular episode, rather, we're going to talk about um, crypto worldviews and how that shakes out within the space. And uh, maybe as a listener, you've noticed this or you haven't. Uh, there are people that claim certain mantles and um, uh, Peter's a, a real keen observer. Uh, so he'll, he'll give us some insight there. Let's, uh, well, again, thanks again, man, for, for coming on. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on. And Armchair Philosopher is a, is a great <laughs> title. <laughs> There it is. Um, you've been a little under the weather. Are, are you feeling better now? Yes, I am. I am feeling better, but at least now I have an excuse for any bad take that I have. Boom. So if he says anything out of character, he can blame it on, on some ill health here. Um, all right. So crypto worldviews, uh, break it down for us. Uh, I believe David Gerard, uh, blockchain crypto critic of some note uh, from the UK, uh, circa Australia. Um, you know, we're all right wing nut jobs. Um, other people see it as, as, uh, uh, you know, crypto anarchist or yeah, crypto anarchist a la Timothy May. Uh, what, how do you, how do you kind of see crypto, uh, um, how do you see, uh, the crypto worldviews, uh, breaking down? Give us, give us some of the camps. Yeah. So I don't necessarily disagree with some of these let's say, insults or derogatory comments that a lot of mainstream media figures uh, like Gerard might make, or there's been some other pundits out there that have talked about uh, how right-wing crypto is in, in a very negative way. And, and why I say I don't necessarily disagree is because, you know, in general parlance, the common language that we're all sort of talking about, the libertarianism, the anarcho-capitalism, that has really built the foundation of what Bitcoin and the wider crypto world is, you know, that is generally right wing. And so ultimately, uh, the, the real debate is not, is it right wing or is it not? It's, you know, do you view the right wing as good or bad? And we can split hairs about, um, you know, neocons and social conservatives right, and libertarians right. and how it all breaks down. But, you know, in general, crypto Twitter, I mean, not crypto Twitter, but, uh, well, yes, crypto Twitter too, but <laughs> the crypto industry in general, um, you know, it started with this, this anarchist cypherpunk uh, grouping and then really emerged out from, into the periphery of these libertarians that were looking for alternative forms of currencies. And so what Bitcoin did was it presented an oppositional force to the Fed. You had, you know, 2008, 2009. Uh, Bitcoin just beginning, just birthing out of uh, non-existence. 
And what was also one of the, uh, you know, life affirming events that was going on during that time period. Uh, you know, the Ron Paul revolution was going on and one of the biggest chants was end the fed. And sadly, Ron Paul is not the president and, you know, there is still a federal reserve, but all those disaffected, uh, you know, Ron Paulers, I'm sure. And I've, I've talked to a number of people that have a very visceral experience of going from that disappointment of uh, not being able to elect Ron Paul into seeing Bitcoin as the real alternative and almost uh, an agorist alternative in that we are no longer negotiating with the state. We are fully circumventing it by adopting this technology that nullifies it. And so that's when you started to see the libertarians really come around and say, this is the currency of our movement. This is what we need to get on board with. This is the 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 best path we have at actually getting the Fed out of the business of catering our monetary policy and all the ill effects of that that goes downstream and creates all the policies that we don't like from the endless wars in the Middle East that are funded by this, uh, from the you know economic boom and bust cycles that happen through the artificial credit creation that cycles down into the political cronies that get it first and then are able to actually extract value out from the whole populace until the money fully distributes the economy and ultimately inflates everyone else's value away. So this this was what libertarians bit their teeth into and why they got on to the Bitcoin bandwagon so hard. And so this is certainly why my I became infatuated with Bitcoin back in the day. And as we move forward, we actually start to see this change. Once Bitcoin grows up a little bit, once it starts to get a higher price and you know starts going through puberty and people start noticing it, then we start to see people that are coming in that are not necessarily of that mindset. And so you could really look at potentially, let's say 2015 to 2017 as this introduction of a new wave of crypto people. This, these are necessarily not people that came from libertarianism and saw Bitcoin as the tool to enable the goals they wanted with that. But these are perhaps people that saw a profit motive, saw a cool new app, saw an interesting community to join, whatever their rationale was, but they, they weren't infatuated with the same things as, as sort of the founding stock. And so when they came in, perhaps they became libertarians after, but that's also a distinction. Did you become a libertarian after getting into Bitcoin or did you uh, get into Bitcoin because you were a libertarian? And so that's a great way to focus it. And, and don't lose your train of thought there. Is, is Vitalik Buterin then a, a real nice example of something that, that closely threads what you're talking about? So he comes out of, of the um, uh, proto-libertarian uh, Peter Thiel camp, um, kind of gets the, the, the genius uh, imprimatur there, uh, attempts 
something like interaction with core, uh, bounces in disgust, uh, starts Ethereum, and then has now, he's still a you know, relatively young guy, uh, he's embracing uh, radical markets and radical change, and he'll just as soon throw up a uh, David Friedman, um, anarcho-capitalist machinery of freedom quote, um, as he will uh, say something a little bit more progressive-oriented, uh, left-leaning. And so if you want to find kind of the, and the, I'm painting with broad strokes here, but I, I want you to correct me or, or tell me where I'm right, uh, you'll find a lot of the left-leaning folk moving the, the, the progressive, sort of the lovable old socialists, moving towards Ethereum and uh, uh, kind of like a Rorschach test, putting on to Ethereum all their hopes and dreams, whether it's democratizing things or, you know, all these, these, these sorts of things. Uh, am, am I right there or, or, or where did I go wrong? Yeah, I think you're definitely right. And I don't want to pigeonhole Vitalik because I think he has a unique viewpoint and I, and right. I think he's uh, genuinely trying to experiment and find the best uh, solution as he sees fit by looking into alternative ideologies, especially some of the innovative stuff that uh, you mentioned with radical markets. But if I'm allowed to pigeonhole him just a little bit, it seems that, you know, you mentioned Peter Thiel and his uh, genesis out of that. Um, it seems that Vitalik embodies that Silicon Valley almost libertarian, but libertarian from the standpoint of utilitarianism, of finding what works in terms of enabling the progressive uh, ends through market means. This, this sort of thing, you can, when I think about this, I think about, um, you know, the uh, sort of the Sam Harris individualism, the, uh, the that Peter Thiel uh, technocracy that uh, of how all these things come together, and so that's how I view Vitalik. And like I said, he's he's definitely more open to some of these more progressive ideas. And I think then that is a good way to use him as an avatar for the Ethereum community in general, because when you look at them and being that you know Ethereum started after Bitcoin. Uh, these were a different subset of people coming in uh, for not the same reasons because what was the value prop of Ethereum? We are going to complete, uh, create a computer that everyone's going to use and you're going to build all these decentralized applications on it and you're going to use Ether as a fuel to, to make all this happen. And so we started getting away from store value, medium exchange, unit of account, inflation, you know, supply caps, all this type of stuff. Suddenly we're, we're in this new world of application development and uh, unlimited computing power uh, going forward and connecting the world through decentralized uh, services. And it's, it's, and it's a radical shift. I mean, from uh, the beginning to to where Vitalik goes off because I was at uh, Comic-Con uh, last year, I think it was, and I was in, I was with another uh, news desk and I was interviewing um, some of Joe Lubin's uh, crew at Consensus, uh, which was a, at the time, it still is, but a giant 
uh, Ethereum-based. He was obviously a co-founder of Ethereum, a company that had these spokes and thousands of employees and so on. And when I talked to them, there was absolutely no discussion of uh, peer-to-peer electronic cash, um, banking the unbanked. It was blockchain this, blockchain that. How do we get more women in the space? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying there's, there's, it was a completely different emphasis. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's the key word there. It's, it's what does your community emphasize and how do those worldviews shape the direction of the software that you're building and the companies you're forming? And so you can even take Joe Lubin's consensus as, you know, they have a lot of market share in the space in terms of the clout as a thought leader. Uh, organization and just as a you know number of developers number of projects they're involved in and where's their headquarters Brooklyn Brooklyn New York. yeah Brooklyn right yeah. with the, all the hipsters and the beards and all that stuff exactly exactly so uh, it's almost we don't have to talk any further than that to kind of embody who the the archetype of uh, ETH developer is. And, and we're not, I'm not trying to throw any pejoratives out, but just saying uh, that that is the type of person and, and the type of worldview that goes along with that. And uh, whereas, you know, you look at the archetype of, let's say, you know, a Bitcoin cash uh, developer right. or person in the space. And, you know, they're most likely someone living uh, in New Hampshire in the free state project uh, working on, uh, <laughs> you know, how you best send, you know, cash anonymously. Uh, bro, weed, weed, bro, weed cures cancer, bro. Exactly. They're, they're all <laughs> curing cancer. That's, that's the point we want to emphasize. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was making fun of the Ethereum folk. I gotta, I gotta tease our guys too, but you're, you're exactly right. And I think for noobs, they have no idea how stark and different these these two camps are they, they overlap for sure but there's a completely different emphasis exactly and, and even just throwing some data out there um so in general and i looked at this when i was a researcher with coindesk this past year the industry in general breaks down in terms of a 52 percent right wing and 45 percent left wing and three percent other so you can see that we're still like majority right wing. And you could imagine that in the past, that was a larger share. But we're really starting to see this, this left wing influence. And even when we look at by year, 2017 was this big adoption year because everyone that got in got in because of the price was going up so much. Right. So much. And so we see within that, that's where a lot of these people that identify as liberal or identify as centrist or socialist uh, potentially have come in. And again, they, they kind of found themselves going through this trap door of like, hey, I just want to make a couple extra percent return. And all of a sudden, you know, people are throwing uh, human action and, uh, you know, economics in one lesson at me. And, you know, I didn't sign up for this. So uh, those, those people uh, had an awakening in terms of what, what are the underlying philosophies that are, that are pushing this all forward. And, uh, and ultimately over time we we've segregated into, uh, the coin community that best represents the values that we see and the goals that we want to get to. You're listening to the Peter Ryan report on coinspice.io. 
You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on CoinSpice.io. You're listening to the Peter Ryan Report on CoinSpice.io.